0: Welcome to the Awake Church podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Good morning. How are we doing? Great. Good to see everybody. Um, You know, we have a a friend who is a a speaker here today, invited Bobby Connor. And Bobby, uh, some of you, how many of you have been here when Bobby has been here? So we have a lot of newer people who have not had a chance to hear Bobby. So he's been a friend of ours for over 26 years. Um, It's amazing he's alive, to be honest. Uh, That is the truth. His mom would tell many stories about that too, but he was... You know, he survived an abortion attempt to begin with, right? And here he is. And then, well, in many fights, battles, bullets, injuries, all kind of stuff. And then he got saved. And then he was um, really a pastor, a Southern Baptist pastor for 27 years. Uh, he's, he's really called to be a, a prophet, has a prophetic voice. And the Lord speaks to him and shows him a lot of things out of his intimacy that he has with the Lord as uh, an author, has written many books, and uh, we're just really, really glad to have Bobby here today. And not only is he alive, he's about to turn 80, I just learned today. How about that? I want to look like Bobby. Bobby, come on up. And he's got books out in the lobby as well, so uh, you'll want to get a hold of those and, and read them. And then the Lord speaks to him prophetically. Uh, on the Day of Atonement, which we just had for the, the next year. And so I know that he just had that, I haven't had a chance to talk to him about it, but I know that he, he's written a book about that. He just gave me one. Um, and, and the Lord will be speaking, is speaking to him about 2024 too, so we'll see what the Lord says there.
1: Everybody okay? Yeah. Well, you're actually better than you think. The Bible said we're seated in heavenly places. The Bible says we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So we've got the best seat in the house. Thank you so much, Todd. Uh, best seat in the house. The Bible said we're seated with Christ. Where is He seated at? Right hand of the Father. You'll never find anywhere any more powerful than the right hand of God. I'm telling you, it's absolutely amazing. So we're glad you're here. Now let's talk about you being here just for a little bit. Guess when uh, it was designed for you to be here. Psalms 139 verse 15 says... All of our days are written in his book before we've ever lived a single one of them. So somewhere back there in eternity past, God picked up his pen and wrote that you'd be sitting in a wake church this Sunday morning. You'd be watching by media. All of our days are written in his book. All of them before we've ever lived a single one of them. Isn't that cool? I like God writing in his book. Here, here's another verse that tells us that God wants to write in his book. If you want him to write your name in his book, here's what the Bible says to do. The Bible says it. Get a lot of your friends together, sit around and talk about how much you love the Lord Jesus. It says God will take notice of it, and he'll write your name in his book. You say, where is that in the Bible? Malachi 3.16. Malachi 3.16. You'd be surprised what's in the Bible. There's so many different (laughs) verses. There's some of them, I'll tell you, that are... The, the, hilarious, the bed's too short, the cover's too narrow to get any rest like this. That's a verse in the Bible. That'd be like me trying to lay across his pulpit and cover up with a handkerchief. You, you can't get any rest like that. Now, that, and that verse is in the Bible trying to show us how foolish it is, trying to uh, keep ourselves saved, work, work or be, save ourselves, you know. It, it can't happen. We've got to trust the Lord, haven't we? Yeah, I like that. One of my favorite verses about trusting the Lord is, I waited patiently on the Lord. I waited patiently upon the Lord. He inclined it to me. He heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a solid rock. He established my goings. He put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust the Lord. Now, you can't fall in a pit so deep that God's grace can't pull you out. Aren't you glad? Thank God. Lamentation 3 said, God's mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Amen. I'm glad of that, aren't you? Yeah. Mm, this means yes, unless you're in India. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I get that like, yeah. This the way to Bombay? Better, you know. I've never figured that out. I'm going to make buddies with some Indian people and find out what that means. You know. They're going, mm, to yeah. Uh, but anyway, I'm glad you're here. And God's going to do some stuff. He's up to something. Now, here's what he told me to tell you. Your spiritual tomorrow won't look like today. I'm telling you, your spiritual tomorrow won't look like today. God has, on, God has got us on a course to inter, intersect with him. And I'm telling you, he's going to come upon his people in such a manner, and such a magnitude. The biggest word across the body of Christ is going to be awestruck. Say it, Awestruck. Now, that means our mouth is going to gape up and our eyes are going to bug out and we're going, huh? Ah! The Bible said, Look, look among, I'll do a work in, among your donations in your day. It'll be so difficult to believe that God really did it. I'm telling you, if you want to see a, a portrait of awestruck, it'd be John the Revelator. You remember the guy that put his head on the heart of Jesus? And he's 90 something years old. When we meet him again, he's on the Isle of Patmos. Remember that? And he's there. And he's, it's a penal colony, a Roman penal colony. Uh, John's around somewhere, they say, 92 to 98 years old at this time. And there he is. He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a voice. I turned to see the voice, and he sees the ruling, reigning Redeemer. What does he do? Does he go, hey, dude, I want to hang with you. No. He fell at his feet as though he we were dead. He was awestruck. And that's our problem is, our problem today is we are a way too familiar with a God we barely know. What? We tried to substitute familiarity for intimacy. It won't work. we got to get to know God on a higher level. Don't you think? The Bible said my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The Bible said study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. I'm telling you the Bible is very important. There's a lot of good verses in there. Now here's what, I'll just tell you a little story about one of them. Are you ready? Yeah. I like to talk. I get paid to talk. Well, I'm the only guy you know of that ever had his tongue cut off. Hey! I've had some, you're right. It's a miracle I'm alive. I fell on the saw, cut all my guts out. Yeah! All my guts. My, my uncle had been sharpening one of these big saws you cut down a tree with, had it in a vise a, 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 on a table behind my grandmother's house. I was young, I was gonna be like Tarzan, I was gonna run, grab the limb and swing over. Well, I jumped and grabbed the limb and I swung, but the limb broke. I fell full throttle across the saw. Yeah, all my entrails fell out. I mean, I was beside myself. Hey, look out, man. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! My grandpa, he wasn't, he wasn't a medic, he didn't know I had any doctoral uh, experience. He plowed an old mule called Shorty. And he ran up there and here's what he did. He pulled the flap on him, picked up my guts. He didn't say this looks like it could be a spleen, might be a kidney, he just packed it in there. Chicken poop, chicken feathers, stems. Yes! Pick me up, it's gonna get real bad. Pick me up, carried me in there to my grandmother's kitchen, laid me down, and they cured meat with salt back then. So it goes over there to the salt bin, pulls up a big old scoop of salt, pulls the flap back, and poured it in. Say this with me, invigorating! (laughs) Yeah, it's going to get worse than that. They cook with kerosene. So he goes over there to the kerosene jug and pulls the valve out and fills up a coffee can full of kerosene. Walks over there, co-all or whatever you call it. Pull a little flap on them, threw it in. Thank God that we're wonderfully and fearfully made. The whole ceiling turned purple, fell down. I went unconscious. Yes, thank God. I was unconscious. They tied me together with a bed sheet. My mom was gone. You say, where's your mom? Well, uh, she had caught a Greyhound bus to go to Austin, Texas to pick up my blind cousin. My cousin been blind since she was about three years old. How'd she go blind? Well, her mama shot her through the head with a, three, with a uh, 38 caliber pistol. That's how she went blind. Mm-hmm. So my mom had gone to get her and bring her back on the Greyhound bus. So I was unconscious for a, a day or two, laying in my grandfather's bed, tied up with bed sheets dripping, you know. Anyway, I was awakened by... That's pretty... That ain't a good word. That's the doctor and my mother standing at the door. We're not going to suture him and sew him up. We're just going to leave, leave him out and let him drain because we don't think he's going to make it. But I made it. See, God's got a plan. That's what Jeremiah 29, 11, I know my thoughts, I think, towards you, declares the Lord. Thoughts of your success, not your failure. My intention is to bring you to a good end, not a dismal demise. So they didn't sew me up, but I grew back together. I told that story out there in California, whoo, there's this guy out there, looked like he's trying to stop a cab in New York. I said, you want to say something? He goes, yes, I do. I said, what do you want to say? He said, I am a leading gastrologist surgeon, and I'd like to to examine you. I said, come on up here. Now, there was maybe two or three thousand people in the room, so I did not want to take my shirt off and look like Free Willy, you know, something like that. (laughs) So we got behind the little booth, the little curtains back there, and I pulled my shirt off. This guy goes nuts. Oh, oh, ah, oh. He said, you've got to come to my office. I said, why? He said, I need to document this. I said, I don't need no documentation. I was there. You know what I mean? <laughs> but what we've got to understand is God's got a plan, and it's a good plan. And it is good. It's really good. We try to foul it up sometimes by some stupid stunts. But anyway, I'm glad to be here today. Matt, we've known Matt and him for years, 20 20 plus years. Now, how many children y'all got? They got a football team. (laughs) Uh, But that's wonderful. He's, He's obeying the Bible. Be fruitful and multiply, you know. But, you know. Yeah, okay. All right. You say, well, what are you going to talk about? I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to talk about Jesus. That's that's amazing, man. Can you imagine he would trust us with his word? And the Bible tells us he chose us. We didn't choose him. It says, labor together with God as God's fellow heifers. See, God chose us to be on his labor team. Labor together with God as God's fellow heifers then. And so God chose us. He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Aren't you glad? Yes. Now, we need to know more about who we are. Here's what the devil's doing. All God and the devil both are asking you the same question. You say, what? God, holy God, and hateful devil are synchronized in what they're asking the saints of God. What question, what question could that be? Who do you think you are? See, as a person thinks, that's how they're going to be. And so we've got to get rid of stinking thinking. Let's start thinking what God says about us. And him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us to be priests and kings. Whoa. That's a pretty good upgrade, don't you think? A priest and a king. And he says we're chosen by God. Selected by God. I wrote a book about it. Yeah, I wrote a book about a lot of stuff, but here's one. Now, I'll talk about them just a little while in a, in a moment. Because when you get to the book table, they go, What's this book about? Jesus? <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's one. Master's plan, divine design. I, I wrote this out of Ephesians 2.10. I studied Ephesians 2.10 out of every English Bible I could and translation I could find on earth. Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God pre-planned for us to conduct ourselves in and that literally says God created things for you to do before you were you and it says it's very important I'm telling you God created some things that nobody on earth can do but you and it says we are his workmanship I dare you to look that up we are his workmanship the word workmanship there means the final stroke of a master artist so when the devil goes who do you think you are I'm the best God could do. <laughs> See, isn't that cool? And that's what God and the devil's asking you, who do you think you are? And so we've got to get rid of stinking thinking and start thinking what God says. Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon formed against us will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against us, God will condemn it. See, God has a lot of words of, uh, over us if we would start believing him. Yeah, we're the head, not the tail, above only, not beneath. I uh, Don't you like that? listen Here, here's your great verse Psalms eighty four eleven. no good thing will the Lord withhold from those that are walking upright he will give us present day favor future glory honor splendor and heavenly bliss woo you stay on path with God you're always going up that's what it says that's what it says Psalms eighty four eleven. future glory honor he said he'll give us present day favor you read that in Psalms 30, didn't you? It says, weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. We got it. Our sister was right when she was talking about the devil was to wear us out. You know how he wears us out? By accusing God to us, Daniel 7.25 says. Daniel 7.25 says, The devil's plan is to wear out the saints of God by accusing God to them. See, the devil is an accuser, isn't he? But I'm telling you what, God does good. Well, no, you have favorite verses I'll share one of my favorite verses with you. You ready? Nahum. Say Nahum. Chapter 1, verse 7. God is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those that are trusting him. I am so thankful it doesn't say God's going to be good. Or he was good. God is good. Right in the middle of your mess. He's good. And he's a very present help in the time of trouble. So here's one. Master's plan divine design. There's things that God wants you to do no other human being can do. You're divinely unique. Not, not another person on earth has your DNA. Isn't that cool? You're truly one of a kind. Unique. I like that. I want to tell a story about, uh, you know, and I, I, I there was a young pastor and he had just started preaching and he was not, uh, he was not, he was, full of the spirit of God, but he wasn't very bold. And he's preaching one time and he says, and the Bible says, and there's a heckler in his ch- crowd, a heckler, big old rough looking gorilla type guy. And the guy says, I don't believe a word of that. And the young preacher got nervous and finally he kind of threw off of his message and then he gets started again. He gets wound up again. He gets, and the Bible says, heckler again says, I don't believe a word of that. Three or four times this happened. Same interruption. Interruption. I don't believe a word of it. Finally, the young preacher had all of this he could stand for. Him. He said to the heckler, sir, come down here. Here comes the heckler swastling down there, man. There he is standing right there. And so the young preacher, frail, young, timid, he said, sir, sir, if I can get you to believe one verse, will you believe the rest of them? Heckler goes, yeah, yeah, I guess I would. He said, would you come a little closer? And that's what the heckler wanted. He's, he's right there now. He's just like a mad dog. And the young guy said, now, if you'll believe one verse, will you believe all, yes. So he said, okay. He reached out there, got the heckler by the nose, turned it this way, turned it that way, turned this way, turn it that way, let go of it, and blood just shot everywhere. And the young preacher said, as sure as the churning of the milk brings forth butter, the wringing of the nose brings forth blood. <laughs> hey, that's in the Bible. That's in the book of Proverbs. <laughs> See? You, my people, are perishing for a lack of knowledge. <laughs> Listen, we need to know the Word of God. The Word of God thoroughly furnishes us with every good work. Okay, <laughs> all right. I know, I know. Here we go. God told me one time, he said, You amuse me, boy. But he's, He talks to me in a different way. One time I said, God! Why do you make me do so many silly things? He said, I've never presented you as stupid as you really are. <laughs> That's what he said. I'm depending on grace. <laughs> Here's one. Uh, this is the thickest book I've ever written. Living in God's light. Uh, until the first words out of the mouth of God to humanity was what? Let there be light. And so I studied every verse in the Bible I could find out about light. And here it is, living in God's light, discovering the pathway to divine purpose. Psalms 1828, for you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Psalms 1828, light my lamp. The word lamp there means my spirit, and it'll flood my whole heart with light. Psalms 119 verse 130 said, the entrance of thy word gives light. It gives me a grasp and a comprehension of the ways of God. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be flooded with revelatory light. Don't you, okay, so you need, you need to get in this book and find out about walking in the light. As we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we'll have fellowship one with another and the blood of his son cleanses us. We've got to get in the light, haven't we? You are a city set on a hill that what? Cannot and will not be hidden. Psalms 108, verse 12 through 13 says, Give us help from our trouble, for the help of man is useless, Though God, through God we do value Him for it is He who makes us to tread down our enemies. We need to walk in the light. We need to be children of light, don't you think? Yeah, you ought to read about light. There's a whole bunch of verses about light. Okay? Now, do you believe that uh, you're who God says you are? A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden? Let your light so shine before men that the, I'm screaming. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. All right. I'm a screamer. Now, you know one reason I scream a lot? I got my tongue cut off one time. See? I I bet you I'm the only guy that's ever stood right here and said, I got my tongue cut off. How did it happen, Bobby? Friday night football. That's how it happened but Remember China. What? Remember China. Remember China. Oh, y'all, that's where I told the story about my tongue getting cut off, and one poor little Chinese lady collapses. not she didn't fall out in the Holy Ghost. She fainted. My wife said, "I told you, you're too, you're too vivid." I like to paint pictures. So here I'm, Friday night football. This guy's running that right away, just about to try to. Cross the goal line, I'm chasing him. I leap for him just in time for his heel to catch my chin. And back then the helmets were different. And all of a sudden, it felt like my whole mouth was full of jello. So I ran to the bench. And I can't say exactly in church what the coach said, but something like, shucks! I gotta get you to the hospital. <laughs> Friday night football. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Off we go to Dr. Rom H.H. Rom. It's Friday night. He he's uh, he's uh, a quack. <laughs> so he said okay, and uh said, I got my mouth on. He goes. Here's he said, Well, I got good news and I got bad news. I said, Yeah, 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 oh yeah. I said to him, What's that? He said, The good news is I can sew your tongue back on. Bad news is I can't dead it, I cannot deaden it. <laughs> hey, hey. Have you ever seen the needle they sew your tongue on with? Hold on, ladies. It's crooked. And uh they start out like this, and it goes, it makes a sound like this. This is about where the lady fainted. All the way across. Now, you ought to be in there with us. And in between the, I go. Now, you might say, what does that mean? And then I'm going to gnaw the crap out of you when I get out of this chair. That's what it meant. But anyway, <laughs> sewed my whole tongue back on. See, it works. I get paid to talk. Isn't that amazing? And you know, you know what he said? He said, Now, I got, I got bad news now. I said, What is it? He said, It's going to hurt worse when I take them out so that Friday night I said to that doctor (laughs) I won't translate that but here's what I said to him I got news for you you ain't taking them out I took them out myself how'd you do it Bobby okay here's how I (laughs) self-medicated and bit the knot off and pulled the stuff out Yeah! See? Who said all preachers are sissy? (laughs) Somebody didn't know what they was talking about, did they? You know. Ripped them out. Okay. Then I've had some real experiences. I was pulled down a highway, 80-something miles an hour on a tricycle. I'll give you a couple of hints. You can't get off a tricycle going 80-something miles an hour down a highway. I was being dragged down there by Chester. Anyway, see, I, I did things like that that it's a wonder we made it. Yeah. But anyway, I'm here. So I'm here to talk to you about get the living in the light. I wish I'd had it a long time before I got it, you know. Living in the light. Man, God's plans are perfect, they're good. They're for our betterment, not to hurt us, but to help us. All scripture is given by what? <clears throat> the Pumata, the breath of God, and it's profitable for doctors, for reproof, for instructions in righteousness, that the man and woman of God might be thoroughly furnished in every good work. Now, here's, here's the, the master's plan, divine design. We talked about that. Now, here's the one. Uh, for 29 years, for 29 years now, on the Day of Atonement, I've had a visitation from Jesus Christ. He'll come tell me some of the things that's going to happen in the future. I write in the book called the shepherd's rod. Now, before you get all the Bible said in Amos 3, 7 says, surely the Lord God will not do anything without revealing what he's going to do to his servants, the prophets. And so anyway, uh, this is the one for uh, 23 and you write them a year in advance, really. So we're just coming out of shepherd's rod for shepherd's rod 29. This is shepherd's rod 28. Boy, this is pretty amazing. Uh, angels come. It's, it's, it's really, really, really wild. Uh, 90 days before the Day of Atonement, I'm down in Texas and I'm working in one of the offices there and I'm working on PowerPoints for schools we do and I'm working there 90 days before the Day of Atonement and I'm working there and the Holy Spirit says, Bobby, do you know the theme and the thrust for this year's shepherd's rod? I said, no. And he says, almost like a kid, I do. <laughs> then he said, do you want to know? And I go, yeah, I want to know. And I, you listen, this is, don't lie. I'm down there and he said, I do. I said, okay, what, what, what is the theme? He said, the gavel of God and the verdict of God. I said, okay, you're telling me the theme in the thrust for this year's shepherd's rod is the gavel of God and the verdict of God? He said, that's correct. I said, okay. And I was, all, I was almost getting sassy. I said, all right, now what do you want me to do? Sitting there in the office. He said, I want you to pick up your fingers and I want you to type uh, the gavel of God in Google and punch search. I typed the the gavel of God, punched the search button. I like to fell out of the chair. Just like that. Something that happened 14 years in the past jumped up. And here's what it was. Bobby Connor and the gavel of God. It's where I went and saw the Ancient of Days and he gave me a gavel. And so God said, I want, you to, I, I, I want you to get my people introduced to the gavel of God and the verdict of God. And you say, well, what's so important about that? Well, I'll, I'll show you. Here, here in the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel 7. Say, Daniel 7? Yes. It, it, here's what it says. I, I'll read you out the Bible so you'll know it's, it's in here. Daniel 7, okay? Let me take a moment to find it. It's somewhere trying to hide from us. But anyway, Daniel 7 says... The evil horn was ruling and raging over the saints of God and prevailing until the ancient of days stands, drops his gavel, renders a verdict in behalf of the saints of God. Wow. And it said, and the time comes when the saints shall possess the kingdom. Oh, man, don't you you want to get into that kind of stuff? He said a time of recovery, a time of getting back everything the devil's stolen away from the body of Christ. Very, very important. The Ancient of Days, I met him. He's a figure of fire. It's God in his total power. It's amazing. That's amazing. And that's what happened. Uh, I I write a whole chapter about the the Ancient of Days. He'll appear to you in a burning robe. But it's pretty, pretty amazing. Daniel 7, 21 and 22, the evil horn. The word horn there talks about every demonic type of power. Jezebel, uh, Satan, Lucifer, all of them. The evil horn was prevailing against the saints of God until the Ancient of Days stands, renders a verdict, that's God, renders a verdict on behalf of the saints of God. And it says, and the time has come that the saints will possess the kingdom. Don't you want to do that? Yes. Oh, I do. I really do. And God wants us to. And the uh, angels came uh, during this shepherd's rod here, about, here it is, uh, shepherd's rod volume 28 until the gavel of God and God's justice and his verdict. And here's what what happened. I was uh, over there at Moravian Falls at this time when we're having the day of atonement for uh, shepherd's rod 28. And uh, I'm on the back porch. It's the, the last day of the Day of Atonement. The sun's just setting, and it is amazing. The whole, whole western sky was filled with brilliant gold, uh, and they were, looked like shafts of, or spears of light being chunked out of it. And, boy, I was looking at this. It was cold. And my wife had just come out there and put a blanket around me and brought me a little cup of soup. And all of a sudden, guess what happens? Here comes a glory cloud. And swallows me. My wife got a picture of it on the way coming to me. A glory cloud. And swallowed me. I'm engulfed. Swallowed up by a glory cloud. It's swirling around me like this. And and it's going so rapid. With every revolution, it would write strategy on the wall wall of this glory cloud for the body of Christ to become who they are. To resist the, the, to just blend in. We've got to stand out. We've got to be a city set on a hill that cannot will not be hidden. And this thing was spinning around. And I said, God, I don't think I can retain all that you're showing me. He said, Bobby, I'm not putting it in your mind. I'm putting it in your spirit. And so the, it's, it's amazing. You need to get the Shepherd's Rod book and look at it because it says, And the time has come for the saints to possess the kingdom. And the word possess, guess what it means? Take over even by force. Now, I'll tell you what, you think the devil's going to give up easy what he's been so busy tearing down? And we're going to learn a lot about greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. If we're more than a conqueror. And the Bible says this, God says, I give you power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and it will in no wise harm you. I like this, Romans 16, 20, have you ever read that? And Romans 16, 20 said, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. How do you get the God of peace? Isaiah 26, 3, that will keep us in what? Perfect peace. Oh, boy. There's some stuff up here. Well, I better not. I'll just give it one little. There's enough buttons on there, we could launch the shuttle, man. Yeah, a lot of stuff there. So, here's what I, I want to I talk to you about uh, who. You really are in him. You're unstoppable. You're more than a conqueror. Have you read that in the book of Romans? We're more than a conqueror. Paul had to come up with a whole new Greek word. Hooper, Nike, super overcomer. That's who you are. You don't just barely make it. I mean, super overcomer. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Pretty wild. I hope you'll get the shepherds rod. Say, I will, and now don't lie to me, it'll hurt my feelings. I like this, it talks about getting in the presence of God and let the presence of God get into you, and I like this one, Zechariah 3, 7. How close can you get to God? Thus saith the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in my ways and keep my charge, then also you shall rule my house and have charge of my courts, and I will give you access to my presence and a place to walk among those who stand here. Here means there. Uh Uh-huh. We can get closer to God than we are. You believe that? Yes, I do. I do too. Okay. All right. We've got some stuff in there about Bobby and Carolyn Connor. Oh, boy. Here's one. Jeremiah 26, verse 2. Thus saith the Lord, stand in the courts of the Lord's house, Jeremiah, and speak to all the people of the cities of Judah, who come to worship in the Lord's house all the words that I command you to speak them. Don't subtract, don't subtract a single one. So I made a covenant with God. Every word he asked me to say to you, I'll say to you. And so we write it out just like he gives it to us. And you say, well, you mean you have encounters? Yes, I get caught up into heaven. This sea in the ancient of days like to kill me. I'm telling you, blood shot out of my eyes, out of my ears, fire shot out of the tips of my fingers. Mm Mm-hmm. You say, oh man, yeah, that's true. Okay, I, I would read you some, but I know we're, on. what time have we had to quit whenever you get tired? A okay. half, yeah. right, we got a half hour, good. I, I, I like this place here, I like this place, but I'll just to give you a little word, it's a little too small. You think I'm, I, it's a little too small. There's going to, the word is going to get out about the word, and there are going to be streams of people coming in. desperate people, hungry people, people looking for answers, they're going to come in. And so get ready, okay? Train you up a whole bunch of workers, okay? That catch your heart, catch your passion, and uh, listen. Uh, so you better look out. You're going to have to push out some walls. You say, well, ah, Bobby, watch out now. Watch this. And a lot of them are going to be young millennials, and they're going to be fearless. Fearless. They're going to find what they've been looking for, and no force can hold them back. hmm They're going to be, I'll tell you who's coming this away. Dread champions. Dread champions. I wrote a book about them. Dread champions. Wow. Okay. I better read some more about the book. The Gavel of God and the Verdict of God. The Open Book. Oh, man. Oh. There's some good stuff in here. A lot of verses. There's a Isaiah 5:20. 20. Whoa, those find it easy to call good, evil, and evil good? That's the judgment our nation's under. But guess what? God's going to break off the curse. When we do what? If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And what? Turn, turn, turn from the wicked way. Then I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, I will heal their land. So it's up to us. He's not going to straighten this thing out from the White House, but the church house. You understand that? Yeah. Talking about the White House, listen. If it wasn't so serious, it'd be comical. It's two or three steps below Molara and Curly. You know what I mean? (laughs) But it's up to us. The Bible said the heavens of heavens that belongs to God, but this earth is your responsibility. That's what it says in the Bible. The only time I, the time I ever found that verse out, I was sitting on the front row down in um, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee in August the 28th at that time. August the 28th, it was 106 degrees on the Fahrenheit thermometer and there were 98 wildfires burning out there in the Northwest and I'm sitting there getting ready to preach and Bobby, the Lord said, hey, Bobby, how long are you going to let those wildfires burn? I said, God, I didn't know I was responsible. He said, who do you think is? And he gave me that verse, the heavens of heavens, that belongs to God, but this earth is your responsibility. So I had a fun, funny churning in my stomach. I said, what do you want me to do? He said, get up from your seat, walk up here, and say to the people, August the 28th, 106 degrees, Knoxville, Tennessee. He said, uh, get up there and tell them, I'm, God's sending me to the northwest. I'm going to get to the northwest. I'm going to lift my hands and I'm going to prophesy a snowstorm in the name of Jesus, and He'll send the snowstorm and put the fires out. 98 wildfires burning. We're spending four million plus dollars a day in the military trying to put them out. So I get up there and I go, "It's worse than that." So I was going to buy me a bus, uh, a plane ticket out there to Missoula, Montana, but they wouldn't sell me a ticket because that's where the military was trying to put out the fires—98 of them, running wild. So I got a ticket to another place over there, and so uh, they send a a preacher to pick me up. Here we go, y'all ready? The preacher picks me up at the airport, and he's going to drive me back to Missoula, where the fires are burning. I'd never met him; he's a spirit filled guy, but I'd never met him. He's over there driving, and I'm—I'm a passenger. And he's driving, and kind of cordial, kind of, and the Lord said, hey, Bobby, I said, yes? He said, I'm going to give you a token that your mission will be successful. I go, shalala, what verse, brother, what verse, Lord? He said, oh, it's not going to be in a verse, it's going to be in the third cookie in a Chinese eating joint, but you'll have to tell this preacher first. So I said, uh, sir. The Lord has convinced me this mission is going to be successful. He goes, shut up. What verse, brother? I said, sorry, not going to be in a verse. Going to be in the third cookie in a Chinese eating joint. You can feel the wall go up between us. <laughs> but he said, that's, a, that's, a, that's odd. Because my favorite place to eat is right down the road. And it's a Chinese place. I said, yes, sir. We're going to stop and we'll eat a meal. And the little lady will come. And she'll lay the tray down with two cookies in it and I'll ask her for the third cookie in her pouch and that'll be her answer look out now <laughs> alright we, we stopped down there and uh, we had some Chinese food anyway just my my, my cuisine sometimes Chinese food looks like it's already been eaten once you know, <laughs> you know but uh, but anyway, we finished our meal, and here comes the little waitress. She comes by with a little plastic tray, sets the tray down. She turns to go away. I said, ma'am, could I have the other cookie in your pouch? She said, oh, she also also have one. I said, yes, ma'am. She carried it and laid it on the table. With these hands, I picked up, the, I picked up the, the cookie, pulled the paper off, tapped it open, pulled it out. Tens of tens of thousands have seen it because I put it on a uh, uh, film. And I held it up, and here's what it said God not only will listen to your prayers, but He'll make them come to pass. I get to Missoula, Montana, fires everywhere. August the 28th, pick up my hands and say, and prophesy the snowstorm. You get, get the archives of the paper. It's the next morning, letters this big. Surprise, snowstorm, fires extinguished, job well done. Showed the fireman coming off the mountain. See, God can do anything. If you'll find willing workers, you say, oh, well, you know, I, 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 I no. No, most of the time, you don't do what God asks you to do because you're backslid, because the righteous will be as bold as a lion. It said, the wicked's running, nobody's even chasing. It said, the righteous will be bold as a lion. And then here's the church going, meow. <laughs> There's a disconnect there somewhere, don't you think? We've got to get into the Word of God. Let the Word of God in get in us. We've got to get bold and brave, very courageous. Okay, now. Don't let me miss dinner. <laughs> no, no. I... Tell them about what? Tell them what? Oh, it, it, the beautiful white Oh, the judgment of God. Okay, I get caught up uh, in, on the sh- in the shepherd's rod there. I get caught up... Uh, uh, into heaven and they gave me a, a, a gavel and I was going to take it with my left hand and he said no you must take it with your right so I took the gavel out of the hands of the ancient of days and there was a, a, a living fountain of life uh, water moving like this and a, a, he points his finger like that and it goes like that and a big old flash of lightning hits and a pedestal comes up out of this living light and water about this high and on, on, the, on the pedestal was a bible now, it, it's, it, didn't, it looked like it was there for ornament because it didn't look like it had been studied and well-worn. And he said, take this gavel and strike that Bible. So I took the gavel and I gave it a whack. And big old bolts of lightning shot in there. And I'm telling you, I, the, the Lord said, announce this is the year of the open book. Man shall not live by bread alone, but what? Every word that continues to proceed from the mouth of God. We need to understand how to get alone with God and let Him speak. Psalms 46, 10, 11 says, Be still and know that I am God. How do we get still? I'll tell you how. Matthew 6, 6. Matthew 6, 6 says, Get in the quietest room of your house, shut the door, and begin to really focus on the Lord. I spent weeks teaching about seeking the Lord, and the Lord appeared to me and shook His finger at me and said, Hey, you tell my people when it comes to seeking me, I detest multitasking. See, when we seek him, we better put our whole heart into it. Don't you think? Shut out the distractions. We're a culture that hates silence. We're going to put something on. We're going to click in on something. What you watching? I huh? do yeah. We better get still before the Lord. Psalms 46, 10, 11, Be still and know that I am God. Acquaint now thyself with God and be at peace and good will come to you. Now, the devil knows those verses. So he's going to do everything he can to disturb you and distract you and keep you from knowing God. Because the people that, Daniel 11, 32b, did you read that one? Daniel eleven thirty two 32b says, But the people that do know their God will display strength and take action. One translation said, They'll do great exploits. The church was never created to stay on the sideline, but get on the front line. That's who we are. You say, well, Bobby, you really mean that about the church being too, the building's too small. But it'll work out. God will give you every manner of workman. And here's what God told me to say to people. God said, tell the people. Make your plans as if money was no problem. And then he said, remind them of who I am. El Shaddai, the God that's more than you could ever have need of. See, he's not up there going, oh, he got here last week, but you know. Biodynamics has got me. No, listen. No. No. I'll tell you what. God is our supply. And it's endless. Aren't you glad? That's right. Anyway, I want you to start enjoying being a Christian. Yeah, some people have just enough Jesus to be miserable. They got him in the head but not the heart. They got rules, regulations, stipulations, manipulations. Hey! Have you read the Bible? God don't like religion. I dare you to go home today and read Isaiah chapter one and come back tonight and tell me that God likes religion. Here's what it says. You ready? Away with your new moons and your Sabbaths and your holy convocations. They weary me. I'll pour the sizzling of your fat. That's what God says about religion. Now all the festivals and all the feasts and all of that, he set them up to point to Jesus. But when you drop Jesus to hang on to the ritual, you've got religion. Every woe out of the mouth of Jesus Christ came to the Pharisees. Those that were religious, but leaving Jesus behind. All right? That's what it says. So we need Jesus, don't we? He needs us too. It says the harvest is not the problem, it's the laborers. We've got to pray the Lord of the harvest that he would raise up and send forth labors into the harvest field. We need uh, to become strong threshing instruments with teeth. We need to get out and get the gospel to the ends of the world, don't you think? This means yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm bilingual. (laughs) This is the honest truth. I've gone to places where they'd have to translate me into English to be able to translate me into that whatever language they were speaking. (laughs) I speak Texican. So uh, that's right. I'll, I'll give you a verse in Texican. I bet you've never heard it. Make up your mind what you want. Tell God what that is and he'll get it for you. That's in the Bible. Here's what it says in the Bible, Job twenty-two twenty-eight. 28. And you shall decide a thing. Then you decree what you've decided and the Lord will establish it and the light of his favor will shine on your pathway. See, the Texas version is the same. It just sounds different. Make up your mind. Decide. Decree. Tell God what you want. He'll get it for you. Yeah, we have not because we ask, and you shall receive, seek, and you shall find. Knock, it'll be open for you. You say, well, you know, I don't want to expect too much. Expect a lot. Yes. we got to jerk the lids of limitation off. Yes. Genesis 18, 14 says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? What's the answer? Job 42, 2. I know you can do anything you set your heart and your hand to do. God can't be, can't be stopped. Aren't you glad? What do you do, this guy right here with the beard? You manufacture? Okay. What, what are you manufacturing? What? Overhead cranes? Oh, I'm glad my son went home. He's fell in love with heavy equipment. You know. Well, anyway. I'm talking about, I don't even know the name of them. But anyway, they'll push over trees and dig up gullies and stuff like that. But if you need to push over a tree and dig up a gully, don't use a sharpshooter, you know. Get some big old piece of machinery. So, so you're having a good time? I'll tell you what's going to happen to you. You want to know? You're going to really, really find out that people are going to run up to you, people you don't know, and they're going to ask you the hope that's within you. And it says, be ready to give an answer to everyone asks you the hope that's within you. And you're going to start winning souls, going and coming. Okay, you say, no, I'm, I'm pretty timid. That's over with, okay? They're going to run up and, and ask you. And you'll, you're going to be shocked because God will give you the right answers, okay? And you'll see a lot of people saved. That'll be good. I, I want that to happen, don't you? You say, well, now, Bobby, I, I, I'm more, you know, uh, I'm more, uh, well, let's be honest. You're backslidden and you're a coward. Because <laughs> the righteous will be as bold as a lion. Yeah, yeah. He goes, man, did he say that? <laughs> I did. I said it. Yeah. I want us to be bold and brave, don't you think? Hey, I like to stir up. Do you like to stir things up? I travel all the time on planes. Oh, my. I've been preaching 50 some odd years. I've averaged speaking five times a week for 50 years. What? I'm living proof. Practice won't make perfect. <laughs> but that's true. I've averaged speaking five times a week for 50 plus years. Hey, I was on an airplane once. And uh, these businessmen were putting their luggage in the overhand bids and they would slam them. And I, I don't know if I was just sensitive that day or what. But just as soon as they'd slam the thing shut, they'd curse. God, GD and Jesus Christ. Over and over and over. I said to myself, I've had enough of this. Plane takes off. Gets up 33,000 feet in the air. Ding! They throw the little, you can get up from your seat now. I got up from my seat. I, my, I opened my overhead bend. I seemed to be readjusting my uh, carry-on. There's no human being could slam a bend anyhow any louder than I did, wham! And then I turned around and said to a whole plane full of people, damn Buddha. (laughs) See, See? then I said, I demand equal time. (laughs) Now I'm telling you, that'll get people's attention in a big plane. Is this true? It's true. See, yeah, you say nobody. No, we gotta just, we gotta be who God says we are. And He he says we're we're like a lion, bold as a lion, and we need to be bold. Now, I'm I'm, and back it up with Jesus. Tell people about the Lord. Uh, Most of them need to know. People are like antelope. They're curious. So I used to write, wear a little red button, a little pen. No, no nothing written on it, just red. I'd get in the elevators with my little briefcase. And people, they'd go, <coughs> <coughs> I said, is there a problem? No, what's that little red button for? I go, oh, that's to remind me to tell you about the blood of Jesus see, so they just brought it out. (laughs) See, that's what we got to do. We have to have reminders sometimes to open up and begin to let his words pulsate through the air. Talk about elevators. This is way back there. You remember MC Hammer? Can't touch this. Remember that? (laughs) I'm in an elevator and guess what happens? The door opens. In steps. MC Hammer and the guy that had the Fluffy hair, he's with him, and here's what happened. I am standing there. I am not. Uh, I'm just standing there. There's old Hammer right there, and the elevator starts down, and Hammer goes, "What's this?" I go, and he said, "It's the Holy Ghost ain't it." I said, "It is." He said, "That stuff's real in it." I said, "It's the realest thing in the whole world," and old MC Hammer said. I'm going down to the basement I got my bus there and my whole crew, will you get on the bus and tell them about Jesus? <laughs> Woo! I got on that bus, you never smelled so much cologne in your life. <laughs> Everybody had a gold chain or a gold stick, but we got to preach the gospel and old Hammer started preaching the gospel on TV. Remember that? MC Hammer? Well, anyway. So be instant in season and out of season is what I'm saying to you. I that. Yeah. What do you do? Photographer in the outdoor industry. A top ta- photographer? <clears throat> now, if you. Uh, <laughs> okay. Don't even need Oh, yeah, yeah, man. I was off in California preaching, and it, there is a big old church, several thousand people, and they had young people running the media. And I'm, I'm up there having a good time and go, Can't you make me look like Brad Pitt? I'm preaching, and all of a sudden, the whole crowd went berserk. Those kids had Photoshopped me into Brad Pitt with my arm around Angelina Jolie, and play, playing it on the screen. It's crazy. You can't mess with them young people. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, 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 They're pretty catchy. But I do want you to, I, one of the things I'll do, I do is sign books. When you get a book, if you'll come by the book table, I'll sign it for you. You say, well, why? God told me to. He said, I want you to sign books. I said, I don't sign books. He said, you do now. So I went to Carolyn. I said, what? We're going to have a book signing. You said, what? I didn't know we, had, I didn't know we signed books. I said, we do now. <laughs> yeah. So here I am. Here's the first book I ever signed. I knew my name, so I signed it. And I said to the lady, uh, what's your name? She said, Donna, I said, is that D-O-N-N-A? She goes, yes, So I go, D-O-N-N-A. And a Bible verse just drifted across my spirit just like that. So she's watching me and I write that Bible verse. When I finish the Bible verse, she falls down. She starts she starts just screaming. Ah, oh, ah, that's it. That's the verse my mother used to train me. And miracles has happened at the book table. God grew a guy's finger at the book table. Cut his finger off with a saw. And I'm telling you the craziest thing. He had a big old bandage around it like that and he came to the book table. And I, I said to him, what do you do? And he said, well, I'm a carpenter, but apparently not a very good one. I cut my <laughs> finger off. And I was joking. I said, you know, God's got original parts. And he starts shaking his arm like this. And, and, and his wife was standing by her. And here's what she told me. I don't even, I'm not one of these wild, she said, I'm not one of these wild-eyed charismatics. I don't even believe half this stuff. But she said, I am the hospital nurse that was in there when they cut, cut the rest of his finger off and rolled the skin and, and sewed it together. And he's there shaking his hand and unwraps it and he's got a brand new finger. Just like that. At the book table. Is this, yeah. We've seen miracles happen. Well, one lady came up and, and uh, this is, a, the lady came up and bought a book. And I said, I'll sign your book. And God said, no, get her to do, a, do- a, a doodle. I said, what? Get her to do a doodle. I said, she was kind of from, I guess, from England, where they talk right. I said, ma'am, I'll sign your book, but do a doodle. She said, what? <laughs> I said, a doodle. She goes, quite strange. I said, But she made a little doodle like that with the pen. And instantly, I saw a Chinese person. So I drew a Chinese person out of her doodle. And later on, long story short, she carries the doodle to an artist. The artist paints this Chinese person that I do, drew out of the doodle. And I, and I told her, I said, one day you'll be a missionary in China. She comes back. I don't know how many months later, walked up to the holes up for the artist had drawn the beautiful picture of this uh, uh, Korean person. And she pulled out a letter from Dennis Balcom who runs all the, mission, the ministries that go into China, and he'd accepted her as a missionary to China. Isn't that cool? Yeah, is. See, at the book table, so show up. I'll, I'll do you something. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll write you out a verse, now, one that really will mean something to you. Here's a great verse that will help us all, Isaiah 26.3. that will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee. Jesus said this out of his own mouth. If you keep looking at the things that's happening on the earth, your heart will fail you. But if you'll, I say 26, 3, if you'll look up, focus on him. He'll keep you in perfect peace. There's something about tranquility and peace in it. Oh, I liked it. But anyway.
0: Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.